TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 549, and I'm Olivia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hey, this is Peter. I live in Hollywood, and I write for We Live Entertainment and WhySoBlue.com. Hi, this is Allison, and I write for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Yusun, calling in from Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. And Tom, you have the news. Lots of news. Amazon has announced the boys' college spinoff has a title. Welcome to Gen V. No, oh, great. Okay. <laughs> um, Apple TV Plus has picked up loot for season two. Yay! They also gave a straight-to-series order for an Enzo Ferrari bio- biographical series from Peaky Blinders creator Stephen Knight. Cartoon Network and HBO Max have greenlit an animated series, Ianu, Child of Wonder, based on a graphic novel series influenced by the Yoruba culture of Nigeria. Uh, at CBS, Christiane, Christiane Paul is exiting FBI International before season two. She will be replaced by Eva Jane Willis. Fox has uh, promoted Kaylee Ronane to series a series lead on The Resident. And FX picked up The Bear for season two. Yay! Yay! HBO has extended winning time showrunner Max Borenstein's deal by three years, so obviously they're very happy, (laughs) and not deterred by Jerry West's potential lawsuit. Hulu picked up Only Murders in the Building for season three. Because they're not stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Even more murders in the building. Um, Diane Lane will join Jeff Daniels in Regina King and David E. Kelly's series A Man in Full. And Adam Sandler and his family will star in You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah movie adaptation of the best-selling YA book. Uh, Paramount Plus picked up a Criminal Minds revival, that season 16 for people who are counting, and gave it a 10-episode order. Peacock has announced that Dr. Death season 2 will focus on a new medical true crime story that most of us probably won't watch. Uh, Sorry. Uh... Uh, Comcast is getting ready to drop free ex- free Peacock for Xfinity customers, so I'm like, bye! Uh, Scott Free Productions will team with Tomorrow Studios, who makes Snowpiercer. They're going to adop- adapt Jonathan Franzen's novel Freedom into a TV series. Uh, Melanie Marnick from The the Affair and Big Love is going to write it. And fi- uh, Showtime has announced that Jonathan Bailey from Bridgerton will join Matt Bomer in the limited series Fellow Travelers. TBS canceled Chad on the day of its season two premiere. <laughs> like, they didn't even want to see how it did. They were just like, wow. no, you are named Chad. Off the schedule. And finally, USA TV Productions has set Denise Richards, Annalyn McCord, and Carolina Gaetan from Encanto for the female-led drama series Second Chance. <laughs> is that it that's all you that's got it. all right yep. let's start off with the shows first up we're gonna talk westworld this was episode three and finally bernard shows up 
Uh, he's been missing very conspicuously in the first two episodes. And I got insider knowledge for those who care that that opening teaser that they had where he's like in the world and are in the uh, virtual world and all the cuts are all crazy and weird. That up that section, that teaser was supposed to be in the premiere and they moved it, which is why some of it, it, it almost makes more sense that it was in the premiere, but I get why they moved it to keep all the kind of Bernard storyline in one pod versus just having him in the teaser and then disappearing for two episodes, I guess. So, uh, Allison, what'd you think? Um, you know, the, I, I think this season has been kind of up and down. Um, uh, this was a better episode. Well, I mean, it had Bernard in it, so automatically <laughs> it's going to be an improvement. Well, I mean, he um, actually has like a mission. Like he's doing, like you can tell he's going somewhere. Something is happening. Yeah, yeah. The, which which is nice. It's not just people wandering around going, why am I doing this? Where am I? What's going on? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so it, it, I like the for, the forward momentum that we've got here. It also makes me feel, uh, I guess, you know, this in, in uh, concert with all the other things going on is making me feel that the storyline is not as linear and straightforward as I was afraid it was going to be at the beginning of the season. Um, and I, I think that there's more going on here, and we, especially the fact that n- n- all the groups that we have that we're following are not interacting with each other. And I think it's because, again, we are in different timelines, and and we're going oh, to find saying. out where. Well, where also because we've said they've except that they've said that with Bernard, he's been unconscious for like three years, and then with. Maeve, she's like, it's been three years. So everybody has basically, at least verbally, said the same amount of time. Well, sort of. I mean, we've got, I, I think I think it was seven years, actually, rather than three. Um, but but from seven years from what point is is the thing is I, I don't. We're we're not. I think we get we get the feeling that they're all talking about the same starting point, but they're not really. Um, and where uh, Evan Rachel Wood's character uh, Christina, yeah, I have no, is, I have no idea yeah. when she is. She's, I don't I, know. What's she could be any time. I have the strong feeling that she's just in a simulation altogether. She's, we're not even watching a real. That actually uh, makes location. that makes a lot of sense, mainly because uh, the boyfriend, I forgot his name, James Marsden, I think. I was yeah, James up. Marsden. Uh, Teddy was his kid. Yeah, Teddy. Teddy. Because he just shows up. I was like, wait, he's dead? What's happening? So her being in a simulation makes a whole lot more sense than her yeah. being in the real world. But um, I, I, I thought that, you know, overall, this this is is getting interesting. Certainly all the stuff, even though I figured out it was a trap, the whole bit with with uh, Maeve and Caleb at the end. I mean, you, the the thing with his daughter. Well, yeah, that, the, yeah, that was, the, yeah, that was pretty. Obvious. I mean, it was it was it was pretty, you know, obvious. It's like, why are you walking deliberately into a trap? Um, I mean, Caleb, sure, but Maeve, you should be smarter than that. <laughs> um, and she did catch on, but unfortunately, a little on the late side. Uh, and the man but that in was, black that was... is they, they've made him scary again. Like, he went through, he was super scary in season one, and then Maeve became really powerful, and then he was less scary in season two because he was still also human. And now he is a robot like her. And more powerful he's than multiple her. robots. Yeah, and so he's even more scary now. So I give them credit for making the, the man in black scary again. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think overall this was a much better episode. It was paced much better. I was invested in in all the different storylines going on. I, I will say that notably the Christina storyline was completely absent from this episode. The Christina, um, is that who? The the Evan Rachel Woods character. So the, I just the, call I, I never I'm, thank you. I just call her Foloris because I'm never going to remember that other name. So just she's just Foloris to me. Works. Yeah. Uh, who taught us how to do that? What what show was that? Was that oh that was 24. We started no, doing it was uh, Fringe. Was it Fringe? Olivia. Yes, it was Fringe. Folivia. Yeah. Foloris oh. sounds like slow Loris. <laughs> It also introduced the term vagenda. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's fantastic. All right. So let's move on. Uh, Westworld was a better episode. Episode three is definitely a thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about. fall asleep this time. <laughs> next up, we're going to talk murders in the building. And this episode, there were more murders? I'm trying to remember what happened in this episode. Go ahead, Tom. You lead us off. Oh, no. It's. Um... Steve Martin's uh, oh the oh yeah the the stepdaughter uh, yeah who knows business. way more about what's happening and knows more about the murders than she's telling. Yeah, she does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, why would she not tell? I mean, granted, she didn't see anybody's face. She so she doesn't know who the killer is. But the fact that she was there and knows that the killer got through there, she should tell them. Like, I don't know why I she's mean, not that's telling. Kind them. of key information, right? Why is she keeping that a secret? Can, can we just take a moment to pause and talk about Nathan Lane's not so veiled threat? <laughs> <laughs> that was great because he was that all was like, amazing. "I'm Namaste and I'm all Zen now and everything is cool." But then as he gets off the elevator, he's like, "Except I'm totally like with Wind no up. Vaseline." <laughs> no, that was great. I don't know how, I don't know when, but boy, am I gonna. That, <laughs> yeah. was, that, was, that was absolutely brilliant. And, and Martin Short's expression through that entire <laughs> tirade was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I mean, uh, just the two of them. Yeah. The, they I mean, this was my... Great. Yeah, I thought this was the best episode so far. And um, I really think Lucy is a pretty good ad- addition because I love the scene where... Um, Steve Martin and, and uh, Martin Short are basically t- Selena Gomez. Or, you you talk to her. You understand. You know, <laughs> she's like she's like Gen Z, and <laughs> Selena Gomez is like I don't know what's happening. Like I mean, it's a good way of showing like the dist- because we always think of like Selena as the young one, right? right? She's the millennial, and then they're old, and, and it's like she can't connect to Lucy. Who's like a Zoomer teenager? I thought that was I thought that was pretty. Yeah, because uh, what was so I great is yes. Like, are you guys finished over there? I'll give you two hundred dollars. Yeah, just even some of the things she was saying. She was like, "I'm gonna go on my blah 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 and do the thing." Blah 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 blah. blah. And Selena yeah. Gomez's <laughs> eyes just kept getting bigger and bigger, and she's like, "I have no idea what she's saying." Yeah, that was great. Well, I agree just, with Peter. I, I, I've liked I've liked the series this week. I mean, this season, but I, I haven't liked it as much, you know. And I thought this was a great crescendo to like, you know, as we get into the depth of the season, as opposed to kind of slowing down and being slow or getting a little boring. I think it's just ramping up. I thought it was. Yeah, I agree totally. with Peter. I thought it's the best episode of the season for sure. For sure. Um, I also, I mean, also, I just really like the. I I really like seeing more of like the. I guess the catacombs of the building. I guess. Oh, yeah, like? that was pretty cool. 
Right. Which also goes to, like you said, like, well, why didn't she say anything? And I'm like, yeah, not sure about that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the show usually for me, even though I do, I am engaged in the mystery. I like, I do want to know who the murderer is and everything. But my main thing is, I just like seeing these characters riff off each other. Like you said, like Nathan Lane's moments. I just, that's what I like the show. So I was like, oh, Lucy, I was like, it's a pretty good addition. I was like, she's a pretty good character. Like, so, um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really enjoyable. Yes, and as a petulant teen, Peter, I like her very much. I thought that she, (laughs) I really did. I thought she was well cast and she's got a good sort of, you're sympathetic to her, you know, as and, and kind of understanding of her attitude. You know, and, and I do, I have a lot of empathy for her about having sort of been abandoned. Do you know what I mean? Which is, um, oh, okay. go ahead. Well, no, no also, speaking of, speaking of the, the actress, though, Zoe uh, Coletti, it's interesting oh. because when I was watching it, I was like, I'm like, I like this character. And I'm like, this actress is good. I was like, but for some reason, I feel like I, did, I didn't like her. So I looked oh. her up and I told Libya, she was Victoria's younger sister in Fear the Walking Dead. She was like, horrible. She was, she was a was horrible so person in that. Terrible. Like I was like, oh wow, it's like such a different. I mean, yeah, she's great here, but oh my god, I hated that character. Oh, yeah. Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> I wanted her so, dead like... so badly on yeah. Fear. Like you do not understand. Like it was visceral. Yeah, she she killed one of my favorite characters. Yeah, so was like, it was visceral how much I wanted her dead. And I totally, good. yeah, and I totally didn't recognize her in this role, and I totally liked that's her. Good. Yeah, that's, that's good, good acting. That's, yeah. yeah, you know, good mark. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think it could have been a really bad. I mean, it could have destroyed the entire episode, obviously, because she was so featured. So um, I really did. I gave her even extra props because she did a lot of heavy lifting in the episode. Uh, I mean, they wrote it that way. So, yeah, no, I, I really did enjoy it. And I just want to add to the whole, you know, in the elevator, especially since it's such a small, confined space. It was just like a tour de force of comedy, you know, like two comedy greats. It reminded me of like Pacino and De Niro, like sitting across that table. And I think it was Heat, maybe. Yeah, it was the Heat. So it was just the two of them doing their thing. You know what I mean? And even though I knew that Nathan Lane had not you know, turned over a new leaf. I mean, I knew that was coming. I was like, this is not actually true. You know, it didn't matter. It, it didn't, I was like, I want the payoff. And I was like, it is totally worth it. So no, it was great. I did. I like the episode right. a lot. Well, let's, let's wrap that up. I think we're saying two thumbs up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Dinner? Next up, next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of Miss Marvel. And uh, Allison, why don't you start this one off since you hadn't talked in a bit. Um, you know, I, I was saying before that I, I really got into the show and I, I love all this, the, the cultural and uh, things that they were doing with it and, and all of that. And, and that's true. Unfortunately, most of that stuff seemed to have ended last week. Um, I, as much as I liked most of this show, the finale, even though I enjoyed it, it was, I mean, I will say it was entertaining. I, I was amused, you know, I, I watched it. It was fine, but I felt like the, they, they came up with this story you know with uh kamala facing off against these these uh people from this other dimension and and you know the, they were the bad guys and, and that got resolved last week story. yeah and then it just resolved like they like they ran out of film last week you know like whoa we gotta wrap this up right now because we need to connect this to the movies that we're going to be doing so that's that's the next episode and I, I felt like I've, I've 
invested all of this this time and emotion and everything into a storyline that just suddenly got its its head cut off and suddenly we're we're traipsing off back to to uh to her hometown and we're we're doing all the stuff with the kids and reintroducing the the mean girl who's now going to be part of her team that was and random that, like i was like it was all just thrown together because oh my god we've got to give give her her scooby gang so that they're all prepped for the movie that we're going to set up and blah 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 and it just the whole episode felt like it, it felt, existed for no other reason but to yeah. set up the movie. Yeah, and it felt very Home Alone, too. I was like, why are we doing Home Alone? What's happening? Oh, yeah. I thought it was very Goonies. I thought it was very well, Goonies. Whichever one of those movies you want to pick. But I'm like, I picked Home Alone because the bad guys are coming into their home turf of the sure. school. And then sure, they do sure. all these goofy things to them, hitting them with right. baseballs. And, and I was like, Absolutely. yeah, I was like, what? Uh, but... I, I want, I want to jump in. I want to rebut because I loved the finale. Uh, everything, everything Allison said is 100% true, and it didn't matter to me. I think we'll talk about uh, Resident Evil later, and I think Peter's going to say, you know, that some certain things didn't work for him, but he doesn't, didn't care. For me, everything Allison said is 100% true. I could not agree with her more. However, it, I, I will add, though, I will say this. Obviously, they didn't have enough time. I mean, they're they're just they they've set you know a set amount of episodes, so they're just you know something's going to suffer, right? And the one thing I I agreed with, or I've been saying all season long with Allison, is that um, you know it features all these other you know backstories, a human story with the mothers and the da 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 da. But it was sort of lacking like your traditional sort of superhero fight, you know, and the cheering crowds and the I mean it's all tropey, but like I kind of wanted it. I wanted my payoff, you know. And so and you said Allison, it was entertaining to watch, and it was. It was. I, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm you know, but it, for me, I I kind of I didn't care as much that they let go of the other stuff because we got that stuff. You know what I mean? And I agree with you. If it, the season had been longer, I think they would have done a better job. Um, however, I love that it wasn't like a damsel in distress. It was like a dude in distress. You know what I mean? She like took over the traditional like, I'm going to save you and rescue you kind of a thing. So I thought that was great. I thought that, you know, culturally, oh my God, that scene, I almost broke out into tears when the mom presents her with the new uh, uh, costume. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Oh my God! And like you know, it's a it's a nice change on the trope where she has to hide her identity from everyone, especially her family. And that scene where the, she was like going to tell them, you know what I mean? And then the brother was like, "Oh yeah, and your dad speaks on speaker." So we are we are. Right here. Like, that was pretty like, good. God, it's, yeah. it's easier to listen, you know. So there were these moments of comedy, that heartwork. And listen, you know, culturally, I, I'm telling you, instead of like the cape, when she gave her the, I'm gonna cry right now for real. Um, when she gave her the, I think it's called a kantha, kantha, kantha. It's like the traditional scarf that's usually worn oh, yeah, yeah. with the sari. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, that's her cape, you know? And I was like, I know the rule is no capes. And I was like, there's no rule against kanthas. 
So for me, it was like a perfect cultural touch. It was a traditional, it was a more, it was a your classic y kind of a superhero outfit in the leather, this and that, a little more modesty with the tunic top, you know, but whatever, whatever. Um, which makes sense again that that's very Indian, uh, Pakistani, the you know that side of the world. Uh, but that little that little touch that the show does, you know, the the Kansas scarf, and also lastly, I will say, um, I didn't really love her superpowers. I mean, they showed it, but like in the final episode, she had ginormous fists and she was doing all this and that, and so it was very actiony. And then even the humor when she runs over to like the cops or the the, the army people or whatever, and she's like, "Are you guys okay?" And she's like, <laughs> yeah, "We're fine." Nightlight, and she's like, "Not that name," you know. And they were like, "No, we're we're good, we're good," you know. So I thought it was a wonderful mix of of uh, culture and humor and action i got the action i wanted so and i thought it ended on a high note you know just him you know her helping him you know, it really was like the dude in uh, d- distress he like helped she helped him like escape and this and that so i thought it hit on every sort of thing that i wanted but i will still agree with allison for sure but i didn't care i didn't care i thought it paid off for me all right anybody else yes go ahead no, I I didn't mind that they got rid of the big conflict in episode five, so episode six could focus on damage control and also the personal stuff. So uh, for me, they deserve like as many awards as they can garner for educating a lot of Anglo's about yes. the of Indian Pakistan. Preach. So, and what's kind of cool, what Yuslim uh, said about the the scar is all versions of the Carol Danvers Ms. Marvel costume before she got promoted to Captain Marvel had a version of a scarf-like object, but it's really cool that this makes sense culturally. It's not just their fashion accessory. But let's talk about the big reveals at the end. One, she is the MCU's first mutant. And uh, cue all the fanboys whining because in the comics she's an inhuman. Well, yeah, uh, the Inhumans were ruined by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that terrible adaptation that ran on ABC ever so Yeah, briefly. the less said about that, the better. Ooh, ooh, However, that was Tom, just a bad fever dream, Tom. <laughs> that, that was a bad fever dream. That didn't happen. That did not happen. However, comma, we knew that Carol Danvers had to show up at some point because the next time we are, we're going to see Kamala is going to be in the movie. The right, Marvels. right, right. So we got our obligatory cameo, and we, you know, it's very confusing because, you know, she evidently switches places with, with uh, Carol Danvers somehow, which is a cool callback to classic Captain Marvel, because in the '60s, Captain Marvel and Rick Jones used to switch places in the Negative Zone, huh? Or on Earth, but no, I. This is probably going to supplant uh, WandaVision as my favorite. MCU series, mainly because Multiverse of Madness wow. WandaVision for me. <laughs> ah, fair. I like to fair. pretend Multiverse fair, of Madness. Ah, Alright, we gotta wrap this one up. Please. is a find. I hope she has a long, illustrious career. She's charming, she's funny, she's got dramatic chops. I yeah. hope she rules the planet. Alright, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk Better Call Saul. And let's uh, start off with Peter on this one, because uh, I know you just watched it. Uh, what did you think? He caught up? Yeah. 
Yeah, I watched it last night. Um, it's funny because I, I, I mean, I wasn't tired or anything, but when when Lalo is telling them, "All right, you're going to go to this house," you know, just don't, you know, just park on the street. There's plenty of parking. You're going to knock on the door. This person's going to answer. He's he's black. He looks kind of nerdy, but but he's not. And you're just going to shoot him. And then of course. You know, you get to the scene, and eventually you get Mike talking uh, to Kim, and he's like, "Well, who are you supposed to kill? Who are you supposed to kill?" And then you basically see the double, right? The guy who's like, and she's like, "Him." And I was like, "I don't know how, but I did not figure out that he was trying to kill Gus." So when he was dis- describing him, I don't know why. I was like, "Wait," I was like, "Who does he want to kill? Who's this person?" Like, uh, I guess it's just so <laughs> weird that I was like, well, "Yeah, of course it's Gus." Like, that, that's a, he's wanted to kill the whole time. Like, um, I loved it. I thought that I thought that two things I like. One, it was great seeing. It was great seeing the moment where, in the first part of the season, you know, um, Gus is in the basement. He's he's in the big lab, and he he places the gun there. And so we're like, oh, he's getting ready for if he has a confrontation, he in theory has a way out. I loved how that played out. I thought that was really good. But what I actually, I mean, that was great. The other thing that I really liked was that, and I think I would say, I don't know how Tom feels, but I think me, Libya, and Allison, as much as I love the show, I was a little frustrated in this, in the first half, how Kim's desire to take Howard down just went so far above and beyond where I was like, why? I was like, why is this so much a part of the narrative and everything? And I was like, I'm like, I get it. I guess you just can't let it go. But I have to say, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily fix it. But Mike at the end saying, okay, so you're going to do this. And eventually like, you know, his body, we're going to assume, assume that he had killed himself and we're going to have cocaine in the car. And he's like, that's the story you guys have been telling. And I was like, oh, I was like, it totally oh. fits. I was like, it totally fits with like, so even though I didn't love it narratively at the time, it is an interesting payoff that like the characters, they clearly weren't, that's not what they were thinking of, but now that totally works. Um, and the other thing I was going to say was, uh, I really love Lalo smiling before he dies. Like I thought he was always, uh, is a, the, the actor I thought brought a lot to the role and there's just something of like the absurdity of him just dying in this, you know, in this underground lair and he just laughs and, and then that's it. I thought that was really effective. So yeah, man, thumbs up. I thought it was really good. Uh, Tom, you look like you had something to say. No, the thing about, uh, when Mike, basically tells Jimmy and Kim, because that's the story you've been selling the whole time, it really kind of, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, you know, big or little sins lead to big ones. They just wanted to humiliate them. Right. They didn't want them. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And the thing is, though, it was kind of like Mike twisting the knife because he knew exactly what they were up to. And, whoo, and poor Kim's freak out. Because <laughs> she's usually, I mean, remember she's the, the calm one. Yes, the first time she met Lalo, she was extremely ballsy to you know because she was protecting Jimmy. But this time, it was full on fear, right? Especially, and the thing is, it's um, when she and Jimmy are going back and forth about who who was going to leave. She didn't realize that Jimmy just wanted to get her out because Lalo is so unstable. 
Right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it's fascinating because they've kind of put themselves in a trap of their own creation. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one to blame but themselves. Yeah. They set themselves up for this. Allison. Yeah. Go ahead. I I just I love the episode. I thought everything was was great about it. There were these callbacks to to um, Breaking Bad yeah. that they you know little little things that they tied up that almost seemed like loose ends at first, um, such as you know I, there's there's a scene in Breaking Bad where um, uh, uh, Jimmy well Saul at that point uh, gets kidnapped. And he he starts asking them, well, he can't see who's doing this, you know. Well, who who sent you? Was it was it uh, Nacho? Was it uh, Lalo? Um, and on both of those people, we know is are dead by then. So you know, people were saying, well, it's got to be. It's that's 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 you know something that that's a loose end. And instead, they ended up tying this up neatly because first of all, um, Jimmy and uh, neither Jimmy or Kim really saw. Uh, Nacho get killed. They have no idea what's happened to him. Yeah, they just told him. Yeah, they just yeah they just told him. Oh, he's done. He's not a problem anymore. Yeah, and and where uh, Lalo is concerned, all that all that Mike told them is that he's not coming back. He -hmm. didn't say he was dead. He said he's not coming back, and he repeated that. And the thing is, they were told that before. Correct. So he has, (laughs) you know, whereas most people would think, oh, he must be dead they're not going to believe that unless they actually see the body. Right. Um, so, so yeah, it, it actually makes that later scene make sense, uh, which I thought was, was just beautifully tied up. Um, I felt so sorry though for, you know, it really hurt me at the end when, when they buried Howard. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Lalo. I was that like, was... dude, why would you bury him with the dude that killed him? Like, that I know. just feels was... wrong. It was so wrong, and I and and Mike, you know, he's he he said, I mean, after after he took the the stuff from him to to uh, add verisimilitude to their uh, their story, but then he said, you know, be careful when when they threw him in the pit. Um, there's just this like this little hesitation of of knowing how wrong this is. Um, but I, I just thought that was terrible. That was, and could, no one is ever going to find his body there. You know that. Um, it's, it's just, it was, it was like that little turn of the knife at the end that I, that was, it was perfect, but it was awful it, at the it, same time. But by giving him the suicide, I mean, I'm not saying that's great or whatever, but by doing the suicide, they at, le- at the very least, it will give Howard's family a sense of closure, even though it's a lie. It, it's not like they're going to be wondering where he is forever because the body's never, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess but I mean, the they didn't they do, do it for closure like, for the family. They, no. did it, they did it for themselves. Oh, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, you know, that was, way. oh, we're trying to be kind. Uh, I, I got to say, I also, I, I, I'll let you, I'll start in one sec. I, I got to say, and I never know how Libya feels about Mike, but I really like Mike as a character, and I love how much he takes care of business in this episode. Like, he just knows exactly what to do. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and I like that there's that moment where he's talking to Gus, and he's like, dude, you could have, you could be dead right now. Like, it's luck that you're not dead right now. And he was like, what you should have done is you should have called me. You should have done, like, he was mad, you know? I mean, the thing totally. is, Mike was, has always been likable, which makes the fact that we know what his fate is 
even he, more. I, know, just I, know. I was just like, he should have. He just should have killed Heisenberg. Just killed him when he wanted to kill him. He was saying we should kill him for the longest time because he could like see it. He could see it coming. And then when he got shot, he was like, "Son of a, of course mm-hmm. I can see this coming." Like, uh, oh yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk The Bear, Episodes 5 and 6. And when I say we, I mean you guys. Episode 5, you know, each episode, look, not a lot happens. You know, it's a it's a small story, like I said, with small people. Like, not small people, huge hearts. Um, so each episode, 5 and then 6, there's usually like a, like a thing that happens. You know, some sort of calamity or some sort of something that they have to kind of overcome. So in the fifth one, fifth episode five um the pastry chef who has now just become obsessed with being like the best pastry chef he possibly can you know irresponsibly honestly um doesn't really pay attention to his job that he's supposed to do and i was a little upset with him because i felt like you've been given this opportunity you know uh you know you're given this trust they're they're so okay with you doing this other stuff but he got a little obsessed and uh he made a mistake and and the mixer equipment blew out the electricity in the in the place so um but sydney to the rescue and i love this you know they constantly are showing how she's a problem solver and she's really good at her job and you know blah 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 um she's not really just a sous chef just just you know she's she's an assistant manager and she's at this and that so she comes up with the idea of moving the entire kitchen sort of to do an outdoor barbecue cookout uh, and in that moment, uh, she really, they didn't know what they were going to do even till the very second. She realizes that there's construction going on across the street. So get the cement blocks and they create an old school barbecue. Uh, and then they, they serve the sandwiches outside. So, I mean, uh, you know, that's kind of sort of the big storyline. I don't know if you guys remember anything else, if that's going to spark your memory. Um, but uh, so that was episode five. Does anyone want to say anything before I move on to episode six? Someone should say something. <laughs> you know, I well, just I... always really like that. I guess in general for me, um, so much of what I really love about the show is being able to see how people basically get it. What is the expression? Like they um, they can't get out of their own way. Is that the expression? Yes. Like, yeah, like this show is yep. so much that. Because I really love the guy. I love how he loves pastry. I love it's not just the food. It's not just how it tastes. Yeah. It's it's like yeah. it's the art of what it looks like and the textures. Yeah. But I understand that I'm like, yeah, but dude, like, <laughs> like there's yeah. so much going on here, and now you've made things worse. Like, and I yeah. feel like that's that is many ways pretty much all the characters on the show. And I really, yeah, I just yeah, I really I really enjoy that. Um, that's all I want. I just I, I'm not sticking up for the pastry guy because it was his <laughs> fault. But well, it's his yeah. fault. But like, you know, I I get it. I get why he. Yeah, sure. Has his love. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, um, I just want to say that – oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Allison. No, I think there, there was another element of, of this episode that um, uh, we're forgetting, which is it had a flashback um, so that's episode six. to, to – uh, I'm pretty sure that it's episode five. No, I'm, I'm, I'm on Vulture's – I think it's six. Right now. Yeah, because I'm watching okay. it. I'm watching six. It's, it's oh, the okay. beginning of six. All right. I was holding Never on to mind. that one. Never mind. <laughs> well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we, we I totally just want to say to add to what Peter was saying. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. We finally, Allison. Go ahead and tell. At the beginning of six, we are treated to a flashback of Mikey, who is played by John Bernthal, who, which was a nice yeah, and even Moss yeah. Bachrach was the the guy he was protecting season one. He plays Richie. 
Yes, that's, and that's definitely not fair. Ricky. <laughs> I gotta say, Barenthal has really turned around for me. I did not like him on The Walking Dead. Because um, his I didn't watch. Was I, kind of flat and uninteresting, but he's a great actor. Yeah, he's yeah, he's really I good agree. in the Will in the Will Smith King Richard. He's terrific in that. And uh, yeah, I like him as is is it Mike? Is that the brother? Mike, Michael, yeah. yeah. Mike, I think he's. Oh, yeah, that was really okay. good. Like I, I really kind of come around to that actor. Yeah, no, and I he does such a great job because good. you know, I mean, he, oh, go ahead. He, uh, you know, he's he's being asked really to play a character that's, I mean, almost impossible. Uh, like, like everybody just just adores this character. Everybody adores Mikey. They, I mean, he's been elevated. Cer- certainly, his, his suicide has elevated him to near icon status. If they liked him before, they adore him now. And he has to come in in the middle of this show, having not seen him uh, or or any trace of him before. And, and embody this almost iconic character and show the audience just, you know, why uh, everyone loved him so much and how personable he was and how charismatic he was. And he pulls it off in that one scene. It's like, oh, that's that's why Mikey was, was just such a titanic presence in everybody's in, in everybody's mind. You know, they, this is this is what he was like. And you could see, you know, Carmi trying to just be like him and, and be in his, as he's kind of in his shadow at the time. Um, so I, I thought that that was, that was beautifully done. And Bernthal just took hold of that performance. It was, it was great. I think he excels at playing charismatic yet flawed characters. Mm-hmm. And considering that as much of a force of nature as he was while he was alive, after he's dead, there are several of the p- kitchen people who say, I loved your brother, but... <laughs> All right, we need to wrap this up, guys. Yeah, no, I, I... Okay, I just want to say I parrot what um, what uh, uh, or agree with what, what Allison was going to say, and we just I wanted to remind people yet again uh, in episode six, uh, you know, Sydney comes to the rescue because this episode is kind of about a cousin, you know, and his sort of backstory and his growth, and about how the neighborhood is changing, and so they have those drug dealers on the corner, and she's trying they're trying to figure out how to you know win them over and get them out of the way and stuff. So she has the idea of making the sandwiches and giving them the free sandwiches and stuff. Oh yeah, so that was great. I, yeah, I thought that was great. I really did. And I thought, oh, she's so smart. And, you know, so anyway, there's a lot to like about the show. And they, the cousin was so non, uh, one note for me. I don't know what his name is. Uh, and I really Richie. just liked Richie. Yeah. So but they brought him in and they're giving him a nice arc and all of that. So he's not a he's not a, you know, a, 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 sorry, he's not a, a was not a trope, but he's not guys, a stock guys, you know, we, character. Guys, no, we, that's gotta, we, we gotta wrap this up. All right. Thank you. Uh, we need to move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Motherland, Fort Salem, and this is episode four, I want to say. Is that right? Five, four, whatever the new episode is. Go ahead, Tom, you lead us off. No, I, I, I did a little, a mini binge of Motherhood, Fort Salem, but I really like the fact that um, they knew that evil vice president was gunning for the president, so they replaced her with a golem. And so Cheryl Lee Ralph is uh, still alive and plotting to take back control. But uh, that, and also, uh, is it Alder? Alder, yeah. Alder has made herself known to more people, and she's looking for the first song or some kind of song or something. And 
you know, different people have different pieces and somebody had stolen the piece and the, she kind of rips the woman's throat out to get the song back. But no, I, I think it's really interesting. Also, there's the prophecy, beware the union of sky and earth, which is uh, uh, the, the, the black witch and her boyfriend. And Alder has taken the little sister off and the little sister trusts her because of something Alder told her. No, but I think it's, you can, you can see that they're, that the, that's kind of a side quest for Alder and the main quest is going to be, uh, you know, restoring the actual presidency from the evil co-conspirators. But no, it's been pretty good and they have, you know, moving the plot forward. People haven't been annoying and making dumb, well, except for that one dumb decision of practicing, practicing witchcraft and full view on the roof duh on the roof yeah you know i i was a little iffy on the beginning of the season and i sort of was like oh god they're just gonna run the train off the tracks and you know forget about landing the plane they've just gone off in a different direction um but got lost in the bermuda triangle i don't know but the point is um i do feel like they've kind of shifted back i don't think it's as good or as focused or you know as compelling you know as the previous episodes but we know it's coming to a conclusion so obviously we're gonna we're just watching them tie up the ends or give us the you know the stories um but this particular story was the they were celebrating i guess christmas yule and mm -hmm. i love the older indian uh um, i don't know is he a wizard or whatever uh, you know um a he, very he old a witch the mark Oh, oh yes, the Marshall. That's what his name was. So, um, so uh, anyway, I thought his character was really funny and uh, you know, and, and kind of um, you know, sardonic. And I liked his interplay with the uh, president. You know, it seemed like he was flirting, and I was like, oh, I, I was like, is he trying to get something on? I was like, whiskey by a fireside, and he was making all these comments. So I thought that was just a fun kind of a, a side. And then randomly. The dude, you know, uh, the 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 guy who shakes the earth and the other witch, you know, the the black witch's boyfriend or whatever, he like breaks out into some like dancing stuff, and I was like, what is happening? Um, and then I happened to look him up, and apparently he's an actual dancer. So they must have like sat around and was like, let's make him dance for thirty seconds. So I thought <laughs> that was a little bit weird, you know. But that being said, uh, I do believe that they have sort of found their focus more and. Uh, and I enjoyed this episode probably the most, only because, like Tom said, no one really made particularly stupid episode uh, uh, choices. And lastly, because I think this is important, they have this whole MAGA like fundraiser event in like the in, you know in this ballroom, and they have this sort of gladiator thing where they're making people fight each other and stuff, and it's all really gross and disgusting. Um, but there's that one moment where one of the guys, one of the captured people, the Secret Service guy. Uh, tries to remind the vice president of his daughter and that he he had her killed or basically let her be killed and this and that. And I thought that was some really good acting. It was poignant. And I felt like uh, it made the show, again, uh, kind of smaller with real emotions. And I thought he did a good job acting it because uh, instead of being a mustache twirler, uh, it kind of brought it back to like, dude, you, you killed your kid. You know what I mean? You really have no conscience about this. And he does. And he did. So I thought that was a good moment for the show as well. I'm, you know, I'm just looking forward to the end of it just because we've been on this ride. And hopefully, like I said, you know, it won't skid off the runway. So. All right. Uh, anybody else before we move on? All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, The Old Man. We're going to talk about the first two episodes. And I know they, I think they have like four or five episodes of the show at this point. We haven't talked about it at all. 
And it's a show on Hulu that Hulu FX starring Jeff Bridges. And he basically plays, ha, spoiler alert, the old man. And he is a ex-CIA agent who has retired and is kind of, not just retired, he's more like in hiding. Um, and he's lived his whole life on pretending to be somebody else. And what you get from the beginning is that his wife died of some illness and he just keeps having flashbacks to that. And, but then immediately, you know, he's getting a weird feeling and immediately people, uh, start to try to kill him. And he's like, what's going on? Like he's been away from the light for like 30, 40 years from what I got and got the impression of. It's been a really long time since he's been in that life. And so he's really surprised, one, that they found him, and two, that they're trying to capture him. He's like, what's going on? And then his nemesis or opposite is, uh, what's the actor? John Lithgow. John Lithgow. And what I have to say is they do these flashbacks to show their relationship and his relationship with his wife and everything that happened to cause why people are looking for him now. Uh, the actors that they have playing them at like 40 is pretty impressive. The guy playing Jeff Bridges is pretty good. The guy playing John Lithgow is amazing. Uh, so I like the flashbacks. I like the current day. And I wish my dog was as obedient as, obedient as his dogs were. <laughs> like I was like, Delenn would never be that obedient. That's insanity. Those dogs are amazing. So uh, when I got a dog, by the way, just really quickly, I thought that that's how I could train my dog to be that obedient. And then I got Delenn, and that was not true. So, uh, Tom, what did you think? I really like Jeff Bridges and also John Lithgow. It's a little slow-paced for my taste. It is so, slow-paced. I will give you. The first, really... episode, the first episode takes off about midway through, but then when you get to the second episode... It's like he's just chilling, yeah. chilling at this house, doing nothing. Yeah. It, it, it's a little tropey. So, um, it, I mean, it's always interesting to see great actors, one who has an Oscar, one who's been nominated, uh, go be protagonists and antagonists as a series. Um, and that probably wasn't a heavy lift for FS. We're going to pick up a show with like two septuagenarians as the leads. It's like, get out of my office. <laughs> uh, I just wish the writing was tighter. That's my biggest complaint. So, uh, but it's it's obvious that the two know what they're doing, and you look forward to the inevitable, you know, head to head confrontation. Right, right, right. And I also want to know more of the backstory, and I would have front loaded that instead of back loaded it. You know, what with the flashbacks and stuff. I mean, yeah. we can insinuate they've given a lot of clues. They've given clues, but still, don't be coy. It's like, <laughs> tell me your name or the date's off. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad that they got a season two. I might wait until the whole thing's done so I can binge it all pretty much in one sitting. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm it's enjo- I'm enjo- I mean, I'm enjoying it. I mean, there's not a lot going on right now at the moment. So I'm still, en- I'm enjoying it for what it is. It's. And Jeff Bridges is fantastic, even though, I mean, even oh. if he's just hanging out with his dogs, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> and the dog's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it was so great. She was like, I'm pretty sure the listing said no dogs, because the dog comes out and sits there really obediently. 
And he goes, did it say that? And she's like, yeah, I'm really sure. And then the second dog comes out. And she's like, yeah, no, you're going to have to go. Like, that was pretty good. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but anyway, uh, thumbs up for me. I thoroughly am enjoying it. It's not the fastest page show. But when it does randomly break out into violence, it's very startling. So, like, the, the traffic stop with the cops, I was like, whoa. Like, all of that was pretty good. Um, all right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk Loot. We're going to talk the first two episodes of Loot that's on Apple TV+. And Peter, since you're the one that, like, was raving about it, do you want to start off and talk about the pilot? Oh, God, it's been so long since I thought the pilot. Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I think that all sitcoms now on Apple are kind of going to be um, whatchamacallit, compared to Ted Lasso. However, in a weird way, I don't mind. Like, I wouldn't think Mythic Quest. I was like, no, nah, that's such a different show. But I will say, I mean, these are both shows with strong um, strong characters that sort, that sort of subvert the expectations of what you'd think. Ted Lasso, normally, of course, the coach is very grumpy and he's got a lesson that he learns from the kids and the kids from, learn from him. But of course, the whole thing with Ted Lasso is he's very up you know nice person or whatever and if you think about when we you know we think of uh like what like the real housewives of beverly hills and everything we think of those these kind of toxic women who have these very privileged lives and so i so in a way i don't mind if people were to make comparisons between lasso and loot um and like that show and like lasso one of the things i really like about loot is i like how uh I like how the character, shoot, I forgot her name, but um, I like Maya Rudolph's character as being, again, a person who obviously has privilege and really does, there's so much that she doesn't, she's clueless clueless about for most people in society, working class people in society, but she, you know, she has a good heart and everything. And so to me, I kind of like that if one were to draw that comparison. Um, And I, Tom can go into more specifics about the the rest of the cast. I think the whole cast is really terrific. Um, and actually, I also like that. Wait, what episode? Wait, were we just talking about uh, the show uh, in general? Or was, just, no, just the first two. two. Just the first two. Okay, well then I won't. Um, I like that in a in a world of Apple that is like again going back to Apple that brought us. I think one of our favorite shows, which is like uh, Severance which is uh, Adam Scott in a very, like, um, sympathetic uh, uh, role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you forget that he can play a douchebag really well. Uh, he's He actually did it in the Ben Stiller, who did Severance, um, Walter Mitty. He's, like, the jerk boss guy in that. And he's great here. Like, he's he's so terrible. Like, um but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the show. Uh, I think it's, it's great. You know, I can't, again, I'm not saying it's the best thing ever, but if you like this sort of comedy in the cast, I I think it's a big win. It's a very cute show. It definitely yes, is. Yes. I, I mean, it's light as a feather. Um, it, it 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 is absolutely weightless as in terms of shows, but it's it's fun. And you know, the thing is, I, I don't I don't know about Ted Lasso, but the thing that it kind of reminds me of, in terms of my reaction to it, was um, our flag means death in the sense that the when it started out i just thought i i don't know how much of this i'm going to be able to watch i i was not impressed with it 
it, the the jokes weren't really landing for me. I thought, well, this is really, you know, easy. This is shooting fish in a barrel type humor, and and it's it's just eh, it, it, you know kind of left me cold. But the longer I stayed with it, the more I got to like the characters and the humor when it really hits is based on the characters and how they interact and how much you know about them and and it so the the more that you like the character the more you know the characters the more that you like the characters the funnier the show is and uh so i think i think you know that sort of reminded me of the same thing the humor is dependent on how much you like the the characters in the show and they do become very very likable um and and you do relate to them and 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 enjoy them as as characters and all of that so i i really got to like the more i watched it the more i liked it um and i i think that you know ultimately yeah it's it's definitely become a show that I look forward to seeing every every week because of that. And the first the first two episodes, I think the second episode it starts to get better. The first episode though, my reaction to it when we first introduced to her is just, you know, the this rich, you know, r- just titanically insanely rich woman um with with a husband who's cheating on her uh with someone half her age and all of that. It just it just hit all the tropes and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um but then they start to introduce all the other characters, and by the second episode, we really start to get to know them. So, I uh, yeah, I, I I like the show, but I think caveat: it takes a little while to get going. Okay, all right. Let, it, oh, okay. Sorry, the real Tom. strength is the ensemble cast. I would compare it more to a Parks and Recreation because it's a fairly positive show, but it starts with the pilot's really all about. Her ugly divorce from uh, Adam Scott. You mean Scott? Ba- two... You mean Bezos? Rare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode two really focuses on. It's the first time she goes to work, and it does not work well. Uh, the ensemble cast includes uh, Ron Funches and um, Matt Faxon, uh, Oscar winner for co-writing The Descendants with Jim Rash, formerly of Community, uh, M.J. Rodriguez from Pose. Uh, Ron Funches and a bunch of stuff, but it's just a great ensemble cast, very ethnically mixed. Um, I can't remember the, of the Asian gay dude, but he's very funny. Um, but it's basically she's going to do good. She's going to use her her new her, her the wealth she got from her ex husband to do good, and she shows up in person, and the first day is a disaster. And M J Rodriguez is like, yeah, please don't show up anymore. And she's, <laughs> But basically, her journey is to win them over because, kind of like a Leslie Nope, she's kind of relentlessly positive, although she's wounded. But yeah, it it gets better as the season goes on. So, all right, uh, all right and it so, got there you go. All right, wrapping that up. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk Blackbird. And last week we talked the first two episodes. First episode, I don't remember, but there's three now. So yep. Uh, let's talk episode three. Uh, I really am enjoying this show. I mean, Peter was talking to me about it yesterday about the subplot that got introduced in the third episode. And I agree the subplot is unnecessary. But what's fascinating, what grabs me on this story is the relationship between, oh God, what's the main character? Isn't his name Jimmy too? Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy and the uh, serial killer guy. I Larry. 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 Larry, thank you. 
Like, their relationship, now that we're in episode three and they're actually interacting, first of all, he was trying way too hard at the beginning. I was like, dude, slow your roll. Like, nobody in prison is going to appreciate you being all in their grill like that. So, I do like that how he figured out how to get past that dude's guard and become friends and have the most uncomfortable conversation about having sex with women I've ever seen in my life. I was like, what? Wow. I was Because, like, he's talking about, he's like, so my brother, my brother said it's wet. And he was like, what? Like, he seriously didn't understand what he was talking I about. I think he's lying. And he's like, and I think my brother's lying. And I was like, and I like the fact that he said what the same time I said what. And then I was like, oh. And then I went, oh. <laughs> it was just, it was so uncomfortable. And then when Jimmy goes later to talk to the FBI agent, and she's like, I don't know if he did it. He's like, look, he did it. <laughs> like, there is no, no question. Way. Yeah, he did mind. it. Yeah. Uh, so all of that was... I like the fact that that conversation was uncomfortable, and I like the fact that that dude, I like his voice is so high. It's a super high-pitched voice, but he's still, like, super creepy. Like, all the acting is just phenomenal. So it's, and and then his his, uh, therapist was all happy that he had a friend, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, everything about this show is twisted, but I'm really enjoying the show. I I will say... I'm really enjoying the show too, but I will say, I don't know if I would, I don't know if I would necessarily disagree about all the acting being wonderful. It's not that it's, okay, all the acting is solid to very good. And to me, the the weakness of the episode, which this is only a six episode show. Yeah. I really don't care about this dumb security guard who wants ten thousand uh. dollars like thing. I'm like I'm like, dude, you've got six episodes. I don't care about this. Like I'm not necessarily saying that the security guard actor he's not necessarily bad. It's not it. he's it's just, just like, the extra story. It's not him, it's the writing. He's just yeah, yeah. Writing. all the options. Yeah. Like, Why do we have to do this? Like uh but again, the show's good. I'm just hoping they wrap that but up. But I, I, I have to say, because when you were telling me that it like goes off on a tangent, I was worried. But even though they do do that tangent, they really progress further in the story. Like if they did the they tangent did. and the and the story didn't move forward, I would be with you. But because the more the story moves forward, I feel pretty significantly. I'm okay. I was okay with it. I mean, I'm assuming that they're going to pay off with this thing later, so it's going to tie in. But in the meantime, it just felt like if you excise those scenes altogether, you'd still have the same story and nothing would change. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We really wouldn't need that at all. I'm not disagreeing, right? And, you know, the thing is, as as much as I've been enjoying this, because I, I, you know, started watching it last night because I knew we were going to be talking about it. So I, I just blazed through three episodes. Um, and, and what I felt was like, it's, I mean, this whole thing is about six episodes long altogether, this series, and it probably could have been done in half that time. There's a lot of, of what feels like filler in, in this, a lot of things that just were there holding the camera forever, just for mood. And there where things are happening that we don't necessarily need to know, or that's redundant. I just feel like this would have been tighter if, if they had, if they had kept up the pace and and not 
taken so much time. I think it could have been a, a much tighter show. That being said, I think it's still basically, you know, extremely interesting. They have scenes like like the one that you were just talking about, which are just incredibly in, uncomfortable and, and horrible, but fascinating. Um, and the uh, Taron Edgerton is fantastic in this. Yeah, he's, he's doing a really great good. job yeah. with yeah. his character. And uh, the guy who plays Larry, um, uh, he's Paul Walter, Paul Walter Hauser. Hauser. Um, he's he's miraculous in this. That voice that he oh, has is uh, the creepiest, uh, most just upsetting thing. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's like exactly going in the opposite direction of what you'd normally expect from a character like that, and that's why it just just goes through you like nails on a chalkboard. Um, it's it's a brilliant take, uh, but it's yeah, he's he's just he's just creepy and horrible, and and does a, a marvelous job with it. Agreed. So I'm, 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 you know, I'm into it. I'm, I'm going to be with it till the end. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of stuff that they could have tightened up on this show. All right, Tom, any thoughts before we move on? No, it's good. But yeah, the, the subplot with the guard just feels like filler. Yes. Filler, right. <laughs> um, it, more interesting. Uh, episode three was dedicated to Ray Liotta. So um, yeah, it's, it felt like the first two episodes really could have been one because it's all set up. I mean, the the story right. doesn't really pick up until the two of them meet each other in prison. Right, right, right. right. Yep. But I do you know, think you need some of that. That setup is is necessary to understand the stakes. But they could have done a longer pilot, though. I mean, the, a, a lot of FX shows have extended pilots, and then they do more of an hour long show after that. But yeah, I, you know, Netflix bloat isn't just for Netflix. I feel like six episodes not really bloat, but um, let's move on. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I think I'm maybe enjoying it more than you guys. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Resident Evil, and we're only going to talk the first two episodes, even though some of you guys were all greedy and watched the whole thing. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about episodes one and two. And just to remind the people who have jumped ahead, episode two ends at the part where in the future timeline... The uh, main character that I'm blanking, Jade, Jade, uh, she is trying to get across the English Channel, and then some people show up to shoot everyone, and she runs away dodging bullets, and that's the end of that storyline. And then in the present, or past, however you want to look at it, um, the, the girls have broken in to the facility and then uh the the younger yeah the 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 younger sister is now spitting up blood because she's super sick and then the rat that has uh her blood in it is now turning into a monster and is breaking out because apparently their glass to hold in rats is not particularly strong so there I, i will say this i like the pilot i didn't love the pilot like peter did I thought the I though I did say when I watched the pilot it didn't really strike me about the lack of security in that facility until I got to the second episode and alarms are going off everywhere and everything's crazy. Yes. I was like where did I get the security guards? Why are there no security guards? What's good? Like I was like, this is yep. weird. Uh so that really struck me as a huge plot hole. But I do like the sisters. I love Lance Reddick. 
Um, I'm interested in the story probably more the present than the future. Like, I like the older Jade as a character, but what's going on in her story right now is not that interesting. Um, But in the past or whatever, her relationship with her sister and what's going on with the virus outbreak and then what's going on with Lance Reddick, who is apparently taking their blood every day in a weird vampire-like way. Like, what's going on with that? Like, all of that is 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 fascinating. So I do want to know what's going on, but it's okay. I mean, I know I know Peter loves it because it's his, his, his thing because he plays the video Well, games. I don't... Wait, I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's better call Saul or anything. Like I, but I, <laughs> I, I, think it's a, I think it, I thought the pilot was very, very strong. Two things to note about the pilot I liked: loved the scene when um, uh, Albert Wesker, played by Lance Reddick, comes to the dean's office. Is it the dean's office? It's, I the, guess? Pre- it's, it's the principal's office, yeah. basically. Principal's office. Principal. That scene mm-hmm. when he's like, you know, he's basically his daughter. Um, so Billy's been bullied by this jerk kid, um, and the, the the father is like, you know, all about getting your Billy kicked out. And I love that Albert shows up, and he's just like, "How many people can do your job? You know, how many people can do my job? One." Yeah, that was Like, I think that scene's was, like terrific. He dismantles a, him in that scene, yeah, it's, it's, and, and, and without pretending I care. Yeah. Right. I love that. I love that scene. And I, the other thing I really like is that it's a small thing. And I, I brought this up with Libya um, uh, off podcast. And I'd be curious to see what you guys think of this. But, you know, uh, characters on shows are, you know, obviously have to have arcs and they go up and down and all that kind of stuff. I mean, hopefully, if, if the show has any kind of value. Um, and what I really liked about the pilot, again, not the second episode, but the pilot, is that so in the beginning, you know, Billy is kind of this person who doesn't really want to make waves. Something kind of happened in her past, and she's like, man, I just don't want to have a hard time. I just hope I can, you know, survive high school. And, of course, Jade is more like, this is BS that we're here. This place is terrible, and, like, I don't like this at all. And yet, of course, as the show goes on, Jade is the one who very easily makes friends. She just has a quality about her that she can be popular. And Billy, of course is not and feels even more like an outsider even though she wants to fit in by the end of the episode i like how because of what the characters want they extert they change to a degree like meaning that because um billy sees the rabbits and she's like wait i you know she's very she's vegan and everything and she's like I thought Umbrella doesn't do testing on animals. And she's like, if that's true, we need to expose this. And it gives her something to basically go out of her shell and go against the character that we meet in the beginning. And then, of course, Jade, who is very much like, screw the system, is kind of like, whoa, 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 I don't know if I want to do this. I really liked that. To do that in 40 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever, and it and it works. Like, I didn't see it as a contradiction of the characters. I'm like, no, that totally makes sense that Billy would want to do this. It makes sense that Jade would be like, I don't know about that. To me, that's that's to me is like that's a pretty good pilot if you can do that with your essentially two main characters. Um, I really, yeah, I I really like that. Absolutely, second episode with the security thing totally had the same problem. I was like, I don't understand where are the guards, what's going on. Like they could have done something where like maybe it was a low staff of guards and the dog killed the guards. They could have done that. It's like I I don't get why they. 
yeah, I don't get that. It was a, it was a weird glaring thing to me. Um, they could have but done I, any I, one of a number of things to explain <laughs> that. So many things. It, it was, I, I was literally yelling at the TV, where the hell are the guards? Where, where is anybody? The alarms are going off. The flashing red and everything. And and, and the dog is on the loose. And I've seen Costco's with more security within this place. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. No, you guys are right. I just, before all the, before all the criticism jump in, I just, I really like the pilot a lot. I have finished the season, um, and I like the season overall. We'll get to that in the weeks to come. But I'm, I, I really, yeah, I'm on board. And I think the other thing too is that a person, as a person who loves the video game, I thought that they took the right route, which is that the game is survival horror. You know, the game is basically you're this, you're these characters, and you have to survive zombies and monsters. And I was like, well, you can't really do that. You could maybe do it in a, as a in a movie to a degree, which they haven't. But in a show, I was like, oh, well, that makes make more sense. It's really more about what is what is this corporation doing? How eventually do they end the world? Like, how does how do things get so bad? That makes more sense than just every episode. They're trying to get away from monsters. So I think that's a good um, track, which is why I thought the second episode suffers a little. Um, but anyways, before you guys can all jump in what you didn't like about it. But I, I yes. I really, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to talk because I haven't talked in a long time. And I, I, I and I because Peter invited me, he just you left that door open with, and I'm going to kick it open. Um, here's what I'm going to say. And I know it sounds like I'm, I don't know, not picking on you, Peter, or bringing up the past. But again, I do like the teen characters. I do like them. I know it seems like, oh, I'm trying to defend myself from weeks ago, but I'm not. Um, because it's important. Libya started by saying the relationship with the sisters, you like it. I think everything that you said, Libya, I pretty much agree with. Um, and you, Peter, I thought the dressing down of the, you know, at the principal's office, we all knew it was going to happen. And there was that tension. And I thought, which direction is he going to go in? Like, how exactly is he going to play it? So I thought the dialogue, I thought, you know, what he said and how he said it and all that stuff, it was perfect. Um, so I, I won't I won't go into the negatives at first. But so I will say and I won't even go in the positives because I liked pretty much everything that Libya said and some of the things that you said, except I will actually 100 percent disagree with the fact that I understand how you're saying about how like the the switch the switching and this and that. But I thought they did not do a good job in 40 minutes. It did not make sense to me. I thought thought it was too quick and I thought it was just to move the plot along I feel like the daughter didn't ha the daughter should have just asked the dad like are you guys testing on animals and then you know and then even if he said we're not then she could have been like I don't believe it you know or this or that but to do a super huge dramatic thing breaking into what should have been a super high security not enough because like all they did was they put on like hoodies and flashlights on yes, the camera yes, and they broke and into thought, this top this yes. multi-million dollar top secret facility like, she yeah. she does not strike me as somebody who would come to that decision in 25 30 minutes like i get it and if it if they had taken more time yes that whole arc and storyline would have been great and i would have believed it but not in 25 minutes not when we know and she has to know she works she's been to the facility her dad is super important it is a multi-million dollar scientific research blah 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 so i will say this we've already all said it but it's i think it's important for me to say this it, it didn't bother any of you any of you guys enough 
to like turn off the show. And if you guys had not said that the show is worth watching and Peter, you were super positive about it, I absolutely 100% would have turned off the show, like turned it off. When she, yes, it's her father's key card, but when there is something that is so unbelievably lethal that they have no idea about, and it's in a dog crate, just hanging out in an open corner of the lab, and she takes what amounts to a laundry card, you know what I mean? And like, I mean, there's nothing. It's not behind a gate. It's not behind, um, like I'm talking about within the lab even. It's not in a clean room. There isn't a giant red, you know, Circuit City button where like a panic button where if crap goes down. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you this thing can end, it's supply. like this thing can end the world and it's just like in a corner. Yeah. 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 It's ridiculous. Like, you, I mean, you could, I mean, you can get a printer faster than you could, you know, with security showed up. I mean, like you slap a big red button. There should have been like, you know, um, uh, submarine doors come down. There should have been gas release. There could have, there could have been, forget the security guards. Okay. You know, they, uh, fine. Like whatever they, they were sleeping on the job. That's a trope, whatever the case is. But if lights are flashing, there wasn't even a siren. There wasn't even like noise. So it's just this like red lights going nowhere you know what i mean like nothing got locked you would think that automatically doors would get locked and then i i felt like the sisters like hiding under a deck like i don't it just felt and like also really- the exit the, this is the other thing that was dumb so they're running yeah. down the hall the exit is directly in front of yeah. them and instead yeah. they go hide under a desk That's in the, the office point. and i was like <laughs> what are you guys doing like it didn't make any sense like there's yeah, so many that. problems with that no. and and so I will no. finish well, that, my you know, the show. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I... the, th- the, t- the trouble is, I mean, we, you know, we're going on and on about this one thing. But sure, what sure. I found as, as I was watching it was that the story is filled like a giant Swiss cheese with plot holes. It's, yeah. it's just absolutely, you know, just, just aerated with, with plot holes. And you you have a choice. Either you're going to let it bother you and, right. and you're not going to watch. You're going to tune out. Or you're just going to throw your hands up in the air and say, you know what? It is what it is, and it's still entertaining. So the latter is kind of what I did. Um, well, I, I, I was okay. still I was still interested in the storyline. I really liked the uh, the actors and the characters that they were playing. I think the young kids, you. especially, um, are are actually terrific uh, yeah. in in the roles that they play. So I I kept up with it and and you know it just it, it really doesn't get better as far as logic is concerned. There are <laughs> plot holes throughout this whole thing. logic schmogic. That's it. And, and you just got to say, you know what? I don't care. Um it's wanna... it, it's still it's still interesting to watch. It's it's still a fun ride. You know, you don't ask that... for logic in a roller coaster and that's pretty much well, what it is. I, I want to say this though. I'm continuing to watch it. I watched it afterwards, and I will give it even more of a chance. But because specifically, like I said, I wanted to say to you, Allison, I agree. I think the children are excellent. So it's compelling. I like Jade, the character, as an adult. You guys know I love that like prequel business. So like I like knowing how they, just like Libya said, how they got to that place where it's the end of the world. So the show is not terrible but it was really hard to let go of that stuff and I know you're saying Allison just let it go just take for the ride so I am saying that if the acting is compelling enough if they give me enough to watch I will I will but it is a huge pill to swallow it really is considering I did I I agree with you I agree with you I know the lore you know I'm go ahead 
I, I don't. I, I know nothing about I never played the video game. I did not watch the uh, the Jovovich movie series. Um, right. I just came into it with this. So I really had, had absolutely no idea what to expect other than, oh, undead zombies and or they're not undead. They're some other kind of zombies. But it's the end of the world and, and go. You know, right. and that was pretty well, much it. Tom, Tom so wants to talk. Yeah, Tom wants to talk real quick. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, basically, uh, I thought the subversive nature of it, obviously the end of the, the zombie apocalypse is brought about by this untested antidepressant called Joy. Yes. And the kids version has a snappy theme song based on the old Sunday school classic, which I thought was ridiculously subversive. Um, you know, it's very well made and I'm glad that they completely have different rules from the Walking Dead universe. These zombies can run. They're fast. Uh, they're they're not just your. They, they don't all look alike. But they're not zombies. They're not zombies. They're not they dead. The they're, they're not they're dead. Not they dead. make a point of saying they're not dead. Yeah. As Tom it, it, says, whatever. But go ahead, Tom. Let Tom finish. Let Tom finish. <laughs> we we can say they're not zombies as much as we want to, but you know, yes, they are tech zombies. The thing right. with the woman, the thing with the woman and the husband and the cats. Oh, it, oh, oh. That was wrong. I'm not a cat lover as much as I'm a dog lover. And I love that the sister said, that is not right. <laughs> I, was, I, was I love her. that. Yeah, I love that too. <laughs> All yeah, right, we got to wrap, was... wrap this up. We got to wrap this up. So I'm not sure where the thumbs are going on Resident Evil. Uh, they're, they're kinda... I think they're severed because they were handcuffed and fell off. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I, I'd say if you're in for mindless, ha ha ha, mindless fun and just want to go on for the ride, it's okay. You know, it's it's not a bad ride. It's well produced. It has like a Gattaca sort of look to it. You know what I mean? And and sort of a you know, I, I like that. I, I the look of it is nice. But we're I but do. we're wrapping that up. <laughs> Before I was like, before you son keeps going, uh, I just wanted to give Peter a little, a little extra. You know, it's. Po- I wanted to give him a little extra positive. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you send them to TV Campfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Listen to us on Sci-Fi Radio. We now listen on iTunes, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye bye.